Welcome, everyone, to the Danari Tavern Heart to Heart Podcast. And uh, uh, I'm your ho- I'm your host Jack, and uh, uh, and we have here uh, a very special friend of mine, uh, Val, uh, from uh, hailing all the way from France, and uh, she she plays at my table as uh, as Andre uh, in my Call of Cthulhu campaign, uh, and she has she is the first DM uh, first game master to ever make me cry in a game Alice is missing, and. Of course, uh, she doesn't like to call herself a professional uh, DM, but she does runs a lot of game for children. <laughs> and uh, and I welcome you to the podcast, Val. Uh, and where can we find you if we are to find you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I just say you have set the bar so high? <laughs> I can only disappoint from now on. Um I don't know where you can find me. I don't... We can disappoint people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's just like all the things that I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't say that because that will like set up an expectation. You went for it. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, as for where you can find me, it's it's being a professional DM is not, it's not really, it doesn't quite describe what I actually do. That's true. That's true. We, yeah, we, we, it's more yeah. like, you know, like introducing people who don't know um, <laughs> RPG to RPG mm-hmm. in like uh, game libraries and this kind of, um, yeah. this kind of place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know if I would call it professional DMing. It's more like. <laughs> but, but I would say, I would say one of the things uh, uh, I find fascinating from how you do things is that you do introduce me to games like Dread um sleep away and all these kind of like you know small games i i never really thought about touching actually uh, i i i'm i'm more of a mainstream kid before i was just like oh yeah i'm gonna sit to dnd maybe monster maybe some pbta uh call of cthulhu that's like the far out there game i will ever play right and then i play alice is missing <laughs> Yeah, which Alice is missing. You say like, "Oh, Val has managed to make me cry with Alice is missing," but I think let's credit the actual game rather than because the game, the actual game really is well amazing done, as well, right? There's a high chance you will cry. It, it, it is a, an amazing thriller-esque experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's more drama than anything. That's right? true. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of drama. Yeah. We, we we may we may we may give, uh, let you guys know uh how she made me cry <laughs> uh with her character because you was you were also playing what uh the the facilitator was, role what was the character name yeah, the facilitator not, role not the name charlie the role i mean Barnes. sorry mm-hmm. yeah charlie barnes uh the friend who moved away a long time back and his name mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and then uh we, we, were, we were we were doing we were doing the text rp and it was really cool Okay, uh, but for today though, uh, I was asking you uh, where we can find you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, is it at Valentine or uh, on Twitter? I okay, so I don't know social media. I don't have a Twitter. <laughs> I last time I checked my Facebook was I don't know when. Six um, months ago. It's in cobwebs. Probably, yeah. I have like a lot of unanswered messages on Messenger. Yeah. Um, Strong but, I mean, Cthulhu is a better shape, right? <laughs> you are yeah, active yeah. on Discord. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I, I have an Instagram though, but maybe it's private. I'm not sure. If that's the case, we'll just take it a leap, right? Every uh, each and every one of us, the big platform is just Denari Tavern, and you can find us at Denari Tavern on uh on Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook later on. <laughs> That's perfect. Let's do that. Yeah, you'll yeah. find me there, lurking somewhere. Somewhere and 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 grabbing you by the neck. Do you want to play some D and D? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, today, today we're talking about uh, a topic that is very close and near to both of our hearts. And I don't know what that speaks about us as people, but uh, we want to talk about horror. <laughs> We want to talk about horror. Yes, <laughs> horrifying people. Uh, uh, both of us uh, got to know each other playing Call of Cthulhu, and you taught, you told me a lot. You told me a lot about how different kind of horrors work and such. 
how did you get into horror in the first place? Oh, I don't know how I got into horror. I think I kind of always liked horror, which is weird because I don't even watch that many horror movies. Like, really not a lot. I think mm -hmm. I don't like jump scares and things like that. I really mm -hmm. like everything ambience more than anything. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if, if, if I would say I really got into horror over there's a way I got into it. I think when I was in high school in my English lit class in France, we did a chapter on Gothic literature and I thought that's the coolest shit. Um, and I think the first book I ever read entirely in English is Frankenstein and then it went on <laughs> but yeah I don't I don't really know what got me into Harvard to be honest I think it's kind of just like I, I tend to grab little snippets um, of things I didn't have like any um, specific piece of media that just drew me to it. I think it just started from gothic lit and then moved on to mm -hmm. other types of horror yeah and and you you mentioned to me like how how dread like there was a games like dreads or well which is far away from how what most people think of ttrpgs right yeah uh for for context for context dread is a game a horror game you play by play jenga yeah pretty much the idea is <laughs> and i think it's super brilliant because the idea is is um you i mean horror it's all about like it's not really about like scary imagery i think it's more about tension Right. Yeah. And the Jenga Tower emulates this tension mm -hmm. even better than Dice ever could. Because you know it's going to fall at some point. You know it's inevitable. And it's and it's awesome. get, it will get worse by the second, like it every turn, right? By the second. Every moment that you succeed at removing one of these little chunks of wood is just bought time as you're getting closer to the inevitable, it's just taking more and more risk as you go on. And I think it's absolutely awesome. The storytelling is like super, super flexible for it. It's really just a giant guitar. That's the only rule there is. And it's great. Honestly, it's a great game. It is scary. I, 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 because, because of the, because the world has, hasn't given us a luxury of playing uh, in-person games, we haven't got around to doing it, mm -hmm. but Dread is definitely one of my top games I want to try if we ever get the opportunity. Absolutely, yeah. Because horror, horror is horror is not about you know, just like getting into a room and fighting monsters, right? We we talk about this before, uh, like oh yeah, you can fight a mind flayer um, in D and D, but that's mm -hmm. that necessarily just makes it horror, right? You can you we fought zombies countless times, yeah, but. When we play Call of Cthulhu, uh, one zombie was the biggest issue of a full-on scenario, right? The boar. Yeah. Uh, yeah this yeah. this undead, uh, unstoppable stalker following after you guys was terrifying as hell. Yeah, and, it's not uh, really about the creature. It's always just like the tone around that creature. Yeah, the, the like ambience, it. the tone, and and. And I, I, and I want to talk about that um, about making ambience, right? Um, we we uh, about not as so like from a DM perspective or even from a player perspective, but more from like a storyteller. Who uh, and 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 we talk about this on the podcast before. TTRPGs are a collaborative storytelling experience. Well, how do you add this mood of horror into your game, or even as a story? How how do you how would you do that? What's your toolkit on doing that? Mm. Okay, first thing, um, just I feel like I need to say that at some point for people mm -hmm. watching is the two of us talk about horror a lot. <laughs> and so I feel like a lot of the things we're going to talk about now is like either stuff that we're going to be repeating that we've talked about together yes. already, or mm -hmm. I'm just going to really try not to build up on stuff I know mm -hmm. we've talked about and just mm -hmm. give them right now without context. But um, oh, yeah. I think first thing is my favorite type of horror is the unsettling kind. Um, I mentioned I started getting into it a bit with Gothic Lit, but Gothic horror is, is really not, I don't consider it fully horror in a sense, really. Everything that I like tends to be really unsettling. And so the way I think I go about it is, go with something super familiar 
and then completely twist it. Um, yeah, just uh, the the horror to me really comes in kind of like subverting the expectation of something that's normal, um, of kind of just having things out, out of place and just feel wrong. I think also I'm, I'm generally more interested in games that are slow burn rather than pulpy, let's say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, like building dread tends to be the main thing. Yeah, just kind of like this creeping feeling that something is wrong and yeah. We've talked about this before, the idea of unsettling horror, right? How, mm -hmm. just like, for example, like, even if you have like one spider in the room, you, you're going you're to remember the, the episode of the Magnus Archive I'm referencing right now. But uh, if, if you, even if, you, if, it, if it's just like one spider in the room, right? You always have spiders in your house, like somewhere, right? They're, yeah. they're little daddy long legs or maybe an actual spider. Yeah, working away somewhere, but but the sense of like how that spider doesn't feel normal. That spider ha seems like it yeah. has a will. It's looking over you. It's stalking you, and that mm. sensation of like, holy shit! What is it? What is it looking at me? Yeah. That feeling that 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 feeling that defies. It's not, it doesn't necessarily defy logic. I think it's just like. It does like, not make sense. It does sense. in some way, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like something that looks like it thinks, when it shouldn't be thinking. Mm -hmm. And then you have so much horror into, like, what is it thinking? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And the, the, the idea of everyday horror, this, this is about everyday horror, where we, we, we put in the, the element of it, uh, an, an unsettling element into it. Uh, I, I, for me, uh, like, like you said, I... I I think I also consume horror a lot. My mom was a horror enthusiast. We we used to watch a lot of horror movies together. So I actually had watched really, really B-rate bad <laughs> horror movies for a long time. <laughs> I think uh, the, the uh, it's a Stephen King movie. It's a Stephen King novel movie uh, called 1408. That was when it shifted <gasps> for me. Oh, oh, dude, yes. Oh, that's so funny you bring this up because uh, I don't watch a lot of horror movies. But that one, Room 1408, to me is a lot of what I look for in a lot of horror yeah, it's just so right. different from everything else that you can see. It's just like dread building up. And I don't love, I mean, it, I like it. It's just like, I'm not such a huge Stephen King. Like if I, you know, I, I just like would like go out of my way to, to um, watch and rewatch and rewatch like The Shining and stuff. But Grim 1408 was a big one for me. Yep. Uh, I, I, I've watched yeah. it so many times and I am still finding like, I, I, I haven't read the short story. So, uh, uh, yeah. uh, but but the, the but the movie itself as horror, right? It wasn't about monsters. It wasn't about like um, it wasn't about oh, you're gonna have a a, a creepy ghost stalking you from the back and going to kill you. No, it's not that. Mm -hmm. That room is inherently fucking wrong. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And it gets worse by the goddamn minute. Yeah, I think it does a really good job at pacing everything in it's the true, sense yeah. of like every time it keeps. I mean, generally in horror, you'd never have something that. And I think Room Fourteen Eight is really what we should be looking towards mm -hmm. for RPG, in the sense that a horror movie, in like the classical sense of the term, is going to be paced very differently. Where mm -hmm. you don't usually have these massive ups and downs, mm -hmm. while Room Fortunate does have it, and yeah. this I think is the kind of pacing we should be aiming for in, is... in, in RPG. You know, it's just it's really great control of the tension and release. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's the part I like. I think that's the that's what makes it work really. If, if there setup. wasn't this great control of it, it, it could yeah. Not... The pacing yeah. control was amazing, and the setup. I for me, it was also the setup of like uh, spoilers for Room Fourteen Oh Eight. But this yeah. is a movie that has been out for like what over fifteen years now. You should have watched yeah. it. It's really good. Please go watch it. it. Come back when you're done. But uh, forty. Uh, Spoiler for forty nine eight. 
I love uh, I love how I think I I am still stealing some stuff from that movie uh, mm-hmm. to this point, right? How the moment you get into the uh, the moment you get to the hotel, the manager tells uh, the, the the protagonist, right? Oh, nobody lasts more than sixty eight minutes, and that's like that. Oh yeah, you're it, it. It wasn't like emphasized so much either. It's just like oh, people don't last more than sixty minutes in there; they just die, right? Ten minutes in, uh, shit start happening, and the the the, the room just like have like uh, turns and like oh, you you gonna you're not gonna last it uh, the you're not gonna last sixty minutes right the, the clock turns uh, just just dials up to sixty and it starts to count down, and it, things get worse every minute, and mm-hmm. that setup was so much because like as the movie goes on and as he as we go through the trials and tribulations of the character right. At the end, there's this like a little bit of release when you see um, the t- timer come down to zero. And you're like, yeah. "Oh fuck, it's done. He did it, right?" Mm-hmm. And it fucking resets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 honestly, I don't want to say brutal because it's not like horror that will completely chill you to the boat and like make you freak out you know it's it's mm-hmm. that's not what it's about i think it's really all about the ambience but i think what i really appreciate with it is also the diversity of the mm-hmm. fear that's in it because you have yes. things that are straight out of slasher movies like moments where like mm-hmm. some random creature just like lurches at you with a fucking axe or something but you also have moments that are much more anchored in the character's past and mm-hmm. very deeply personal fears and mm-hmm. anxieties and I like this diversity of you know of, of themes we're going for and I think if we're going back you know to like how how this works so well if you're trying to to kind of model your RPG games from mm-hmm. how a movie does it I think this is the way to kind of give your game a pacing where fear just keeps coming back often where there's very much a rhythm to it but it doesn't feel like there's a rhythm to it because there's diversity in the kind of fears you might be feeling and mm-hmm. so it's never redundant yeah before. because one moment you're in because there's diversity also in the ways that you experience fear right there's also like moments of pure sheer panic and there's moments of building up dread. there's moments of like fear that's more like existential and like anxiety inducing and oh yeah, oh, I feel yeah. Like manipulating mm-hmm. all of these and that's what i get from your color cthulhu game to be honest is kind of key to to not making this never-ending cycle of tension and relief that's the key to never making that cycle redundant mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. always switching in the variety of the fears that you're using Thank and the you. Ways <laughs> that is a big compliment for me because I, uh, <laughs> you uh, know and, how I about your game jack yes <laughs> we, we 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 have um we both have stayed up to 4 a.m testing about like oh what's the next shit gonna be right uh, <laughs> but yeah uh, type I of fear text <laughs> yeah. jack in the middle of the night hey jack it's 3 a.m., but I can't sleep because I'm thinking of Call of Cthulhu. Let me just send you one theory so I can finally rest. This is <laughs> this is where we're at. Yes. And and, and you mentioned about how, like, um, these... Uh, the the horror doesn't necessarily just mean jump scare, monster, uh, blood and gore. No, it's not just that, right? There's, there's emotion, there's psychological, these, like, different type of fears that you can, like go into and, and and when we when we talk about horror we usually say it in so much of a broad sense that we don't necessarily uh think about the intricacy of each fear and mm-hmm. like you said it shouldn't be redundant right it can it, switching between those the diversity of fears that you can yeah. provide to your players is a necessary tool to set up the ambience of a horror mm-hmm. situation and and i want to ask you like can you like give me like your top takes on like kind of horrors uh these type of fears you like uh you you think is good like there's existential fear you already mentioned um and anything would be we we, we can like pick apart yeah i don't know if i have favorite fears i think because i i think they will change a lot on person to person but if if, Mm -hmm. if the question is kind of like 
what fears do you draw upon when you build mm -hmm. what you're um yeah. what you're writing and again i'm talking about this less in a dm perspective and more in a writing perspective these days because mm -hmm. that's more what i've been doing than dming lately but honestly is just look at what you yourself are scared of and it turns out as i'm noticing that a lot of times the adventures that i'm writing at the moment will turn out to be very based on an anxiety even that i tend to have at the moment you know um there are i know that the familiar. energy within you outside <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no it's it's i mean again and i think one day we'll talk about like um rpg as like a means of of you know like release or like catharsis you know and and not because only playing, but we'll also being writing, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. yeah. But, um, but I, I mean, there are some fears that you stumble upon. You're like, oh, that's a good fear. I don't know if that's normal human behavior, but I have moments where I stumble upon a fear. <laughs> no, no, there, there, are times, there are times where we literally yeah. sit down and think, like, dude, that's terrifying. That's terrifying. That's I love so it. Cool. It's so cool. But no, for real, I mean, it, it's it's just, uh, they, I know there are some things that I'm personally scared of. And mm. if I'm scared of them, then I'm confident enough that I can find points to, to really emphasize mm -hmm. and communicate that fear. Mm -hmm. um, and for example, like, I know I'm, I'm terrified of, of anything claustrophobic like um like you know how, how do you call it like like people who who explore very tight cave oh okay uh, i know that they're called cave divers no cave divers maybe yeah cave divers yeah that to me is absolutely terrifying and just like and you've mentioned the magnus archive not too long ago i think it's it's, it's great because i keep talking about this one episode on shout out to the reward winning magnus archives yes yeah they're <laughs> awesome it's great. awesome great yeah um and great diversity of fears in them too <laughs> but you know i mean <laughs> yeah the, um, the uh I, I know i'm absolutely terrified of that so i know already what scares me about it and what i can emphasize and communicate about it in the same way i know one of the themes that's i find the scariest as well as general like perversion of anything normal and, and we've talked about it before you know but that that includes like that includes anything going bad in a way you can't immediately see both mm -hmm. outwardly so mm -hmm. in in the smallest thing like a, a a jar of jam that has whatever bacteria writhing it you might not know about and and as an there audience is, you know it but the, as, as the an character. audience you know it as a character you don't and it can rise to like bigger themes such as like corruption of a character you know as they just like in coc like engage mm -hmm. with more magic engage with more dark things their essence as well is touched by that and mm -hmm. they can't even see themselves really mm -hmm. moving mm -hmm. in this direction um I, I think yeah just looking generally at the fears just consuming media or not just consuming media but just like whenever you come across something that irks you in that sense use it use it <laughs> it's a good thing to channel fears I'm not going to say fear is good, but hey, fear is a necessary survival response for, for our it's ancestors. Okay. Survival response. Yeah. And it's also, it can also be very cathartic and, mm -hmm. um, it's something so fun to play around, especially in an environment like a gaming table where you get to do so safely, mm -hmm. um, you know, like knowing it's, it's make believe you still get to, you know, like enjoy that adrenaline without adrenaline. Like adrenaline, it. adrenaline, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you still get to like experience it without actually having the risk of like dying in real yeah. life, you know. <laughs> and these these stories, honestly, I, I I don't know. There's there's something about about horror and about fear that makes it so satisfying as as a genre, mm -hmm. you know. And and might as well enjoy it in RPG because that's where you can get, you know, very close to it and have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. yeah. And, and speaking of RPGs and, and, and how 
I mean, we can all, we've already talked about how like uh, Dungeons and Dragons is not the most optimal one for horror. Uh, and you, there are so many other games you should try for horror. I can recommend from my side, definitely try Call of Cthulhu, right? Call of Cthulhu is indeed, if you're looking for cosmic horror, if you're looking for, not even cosmic horror, even if you're looking for just like a, a ghostly horror tale, Call of Cthulhu is much more suitable uh, for that kind of thing. Uh, there's Dread, uh, Monster of the Week, if you want something a little bit less pope, a little bit less horror-y, more pulpy. Pulpy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and but but like there are so many different type of games. There are different type of horror genres as well. Uh, mm-hmm. We've talked about cosmic horror a lot because we are into the unsettling element of it, right? How mm-hmm. insignificant we are in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things, and how these power beyond us, powers beyond us, has machinations that we are we as humans will inevitably try to understand. Mm-hmm because of our curious nature and yeah. then finding out is never the answer right finding that, that... not only is never the answer but can also be the end of you because yeah. you don't understand any of this yeah like, that's the and kind of horror that i really love that that, yeah. that is that that is that is the very cool horror type and and, and raven love there's actually a, a section about like what kind of horror game you want to run right uh, the, the Von Richter's Guide to Ravenloft, and there's mm-hmm. cosmic horror, there's gothic horror. I have never actually get to play gothic horror until now because you're running Cursed Stride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, my I, is... mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to try to bring in some other horrors, other types of horror into yeah. it. Because gothic horror, I think, in the same vein, if you stay on the same type of horror, it can get redundant and. Um, also because to me gothic horror is less about the fear and more about the tragedy and it in this is, sense yeah. we're playing more tragic campaign than we are playing a scary campaign and that's true I, I, I always find like how uh, if you watch the, uh, the, the 94 or 90 uh, something earlier I don't remember the exact year but the Bram Stoker's Dracula movie with Gary Oldman mm-hmm. and Keanu Reeves and, and Winona Ryder that was mm-hmm. that, that, that is tr- for me, the best example of gothic horror, yeah, because yeah. yeah, there's dark, there's blood, there's brooding antagonist, and it's still a freaking love story. It's it's always it, it always has to be about love or about grief or about jealousy or like some big big themes like that that are very human, so you can pervert that humanness about it. Um, yes. And yeah. you, you I, imagine and... you got started in gothic lit on horror as well. Yeah, I, I mean, the, uh, gothic horror is always going to have like a like a special place in my heart. You know, it's just today I don't I don't really consider it fully horror. Yeah, I just consider it mostly tragedy, and mm-hmm. I love that about it. I love that so much because the horror I think is less the point of it and is more kind of the. Um, the reflection of like whatever emotional turmoil is taking place or might drive people it's it's more like a manifestation of it in in some sense but the main thing is really this these tragic themes that can't get resolved um i I do because for example if you look at frankenstein right Mm -hmm. it's not about the monster it's about guilt you know what that 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 is something I always have to argue with some of my friends because like a lot of my a lot of my friends and uh, my friends haven't actually read the Frankenstein novel. Uh, that's if you look at the Frankenstein pop culture, it's it's looks yeah. like it's about the monster, but it's yeah. not. It's actually not the. Uh, I, mean, I mean, most people would know who's listening to the podcast, but he, the monster is not called Frankenstein. His name is actually freaking Adam, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I actually not sure. I I know like the for guess it does mean like Victor, but but he's even know, beautiful, yeah. if I remember but, correctly, right? In the in the book, the monster is described as is uncannily big and beautiful. I don't remember the exact writing mm-hmm. that Mary Shelley that uh, Mary Mary did, but uh, I don't remember if that's like the way he's described like as a creature or the way he's described by Victor. 
Yeah, I think he's described by Victor, right? In uh, yeah. In, yeah. in the book, and and I I uh for for me that story is so sad. Yeah. In terms of like how a man who is like so smart, so intelligent, but very very little wisdom. <laughs> His, his his wisdom score is like five, <laughs> yeah. um, and 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 basically created a, a living being out of nothingness almost right. He he yeah he he actually didn't use body parts. It, it it was like he put him into a serum and they got together and all this uh it was brought to life. So and and that uh and even then even then the the the, the emotional turmoil of the uh, of the whole story comes from his guilt of loss and his guilt you see it you don't see the monster again till like more than halfway through the book yeah and like you only catch a glimpse of it like at the moment where victor is just like screaming at the top of his lungs his guilt out into the world and the and the mountains you know it's just and you, yeah. you barely just glimpse like just like catch a glimpse of the monster it's a goddamn like three lines <laughs> it's three lines it's it's nothing and and yeah it's just gothic horror to me is it's it's i do admit the first time i read frankenstein i was a bit disappointed because i think being used to the figure of frankenstein in pop culture i, I always thought that it was going to be so much about the monster and then it wasn't and no no it, it was about the story of the man who like, made them on yeah yeah High school little me was like, okay, listen, I just put in the effort of reading a whole book in English and <laughs> there's no monster in it. And, and, but no, I think I kind of, you know, I mean, after some time has passed, I kind of, um, that's, that's kind of what I love about it is just like all of the main themes and it's all around guilt, around mm -hmm. a deep desire to connect with people. Um, about anger and yeah. again at the, at the end of the day for me that the there, there are two themes uh, in Frankenstein that always stood out to me uh, I, I, pacing we mentioned about pacing for 1408 because mm -hmm. it's a movie uh, Mary, Frankenstein as a book is not a good pacing to steal just let you know, letting you know first guys yeah <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's pacing from another time at that time not necessarily here in your RPG game yes. But but you can still steal a lot of elements from it that are that are that are fundamental to gothic horror, and and for me the main theme was um, I think for Frankenstein himself right uh, the loss of his uh, spoilers for a book that is hundred years old guys uh, but the the uh, the loss of his fiance I think they got married that day right basically uh, just for was context they got married no yeah. Uh, just for context, Frank, Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein created uh, Adam, the monster. Uh, the monster wanted a, uh, a bride much later on down the line. Frankenstein denied to make the uh, Frankenstein denied to make give him his uh, new bride, and then Frankenstein uh, was about to marry to his childhood love, and the monster supposedly killed her. Uh, it's not he denied to make his friend stopped him, right? Yeah, like he he started creating her he mm -hmm. made her and then destroyed her yeah out in front of the creature and and that process is a, a, a bill's fundamental to what 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 makes frankenstein tick as a a, a weak will character i would say uh, a weak wisdom character i would say and that is a huge theme in frankenstein how he is how his flaws are played to a point where you can find the dark emotions that drives him to, which resulted in him losing the love of his life and losing his own life in 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 terms of like chasing the monster down for the rest of his uh, living days, you know. So that that was a big theme on that part, and even for the monster part, there is a huge theme on he didn't have a choice in become in bringing into this this world. You know, mm -hmm. he was just brought up onto this world. And it's so sad how he, he is denied humanity. 
and he wasn't even asking for humanity. He was just like, "Hey, make make someone for me so that I I will not be alone. I'm just so lonely yeah, out yeah. there." The loneliness and the desire to connect, I think, is a big one for me. I think yeah. just in the in the wanting like this this other creature to be along with him, but also in in this entire bit where the creature talks about what it's been up to this whole time with this family and and, and this blind man who accepted him for a time and and um sorry i'm just realizing i I feel like at this point we're going to end up splitting this podcast in like running horror and like inspirations for running horror because we end up talking so much about references that we like um but i wanted to come back just on something real quick because again you're talking about like Lowers mm-hmm. and and using like D and D terms to talk about stuff, and I think just earlier you talked that D and D is not a great system to mm-hmm. run horror, mm-hmm. but we haven't gotten to why. That um, is true, and I know that this is. I'm really trying to avoid like us having. I know we've talked about this together, but <laughs> I don't want us to like just like burn through steps for the sake of this, this podcast. Like, we talked about it. this before, guys, but we're gonna talk again for you. <laughs> We talk about this so often, um, but so we're trying yeah. to just like I, I feel like we just have to like kind of try and sum up everything that we talk about every time we talk about it, and it's just so much to sum up. But um, but, but in terms of you know using what system you're using for for horror, I think is super important here. Like you said, mm-hmm. dread, coc, uh, dread again, I think is an awesome system for running horror, and it doesn't only have to be one shot; it can be it can be campaigns as well. Honestly, mm-hmm. you can just mm-hmm. it's super it's super easy to move around. Um, Call of Cthulhu is awesome. I'd say, uh, do we want to get into the reasons why we don't think D and D is necessarily a great system? Yeah, yeah, we, I would love yeah. to because uh, I I would love players to try something else as well. Hey, COC yeah. is a top yeah. game in Japan, but most people don't play in Western world enough. All right, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for like, hey guys, try something. But yeah, anyway, uh, back to D and D. Why is it not good for horror? Um, why is it not for you? Uh, I, I will get into myself, my my own thoughts as well. But I, I want to know what you think first. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So okay. So, so also, I mean, the, the, there is the idea that, like you. It, it's not because it's not, in my opinion, a great system for horror that it doesn't mean you can't. That it means you can't do horror in D and D because you of absolutely course. can. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be awesome, and it can be a great change of pace. Um, I think this kind of like you know the the, the thing going around of of like oh it's not that like D and D isn't a good system for doing that or that. It's that you don't know how to run that in D and D. And on one hand, I don't agree with that because mm-hmm. why be so resistant to playing other yeah. games? Um, but it's also. Uh, it, there is always a way to make things work in Just to give a me- metaphorical view, uh, like a visualization for you uh, while I was saying this, right? You can definitely walk down the stairs on like a freaking four-inch high padded heel Japanese, uh, you know, uh, opera dancing shoe if you want to. Like a huge Santa sandal. You want, if you want to do it, you can, right? But would you rather not do it in a slipper? <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's 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 possible. It's definitely possible if you, that's what you want to do. You can do it. No one's gonna stop you. But there's a lot of really cool games that are really built for this. And I think D and D has made the effort to to try to bring some of these mechanics. I mean, again, we talked mm-hmm. about this not but there are madness mechanics in the DMG that are taken straight mm-hmm. from like inspiration of Call of Cthulhu. Um, but I think the main reasons why I don't think D&D is a great system for horror, which is super hypocritical of me because I write for D&D and I mostly write horror, um, <laughs> is uh, it's uh, horror relies a lot on powerlessness. True. It, it really does. And in games like Call of Cthulhu, you're so powerless. I mean, I mean, like you, you can get killed in, in, in split seconds and you won't be able to do anything about it the weakness of your body and of your mind is so over present as a theme while the greatness of what you're facing is so immense that you 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 know you don't stand the chance from the beginning but there's something good about you know like knowing you're, you're fighting against like 
odds that are already stacked against you. And I think mm-hmm. it's about the odds being stacked against you. That's so satisfying yeah. about horror. With D&D, the odds are not stacked against you most of the time unless DM really goes out of their way to make them so. And in D&D, you're so powerful. You have so much access to magic, to, 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 to you know, that's super popular. You movie. basically control uh, reality as a magic user in yeah. D&D, right? You do, and... And not only that, but it's 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 just, it's. I I think after some points when the characters become, so strong and so untouchable, like they're expected to be heroes. I'm not going to even going to go into like high levels. Like think of like yeah. let's say level one sorcerer, a level one wizard, or a level one bard in the party, right? And you guys are trying to do horror. In COC or any type of like game or setting where you do not have magic and you really have to investigate like how normal people are and the game is built around you being normal people, um, you need to open a chest. There's a very inherent risk. Some What's inside is not going to be pleasant. Mm-hmm. In, re- in, in COC or other systems... In COC, where these systems are better for horror, you do not have the means to bypass it. You're going to have to face this, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to deal with the consequences of what's going to jump out from within the box. Yeah. Right? And in D&D, you have Mage Hand. <laughs> in D&D, you have Mage Hand, but also if you do trigger a trap, you also have Cure Wounds while in COC. It would take you fucking months to fully heal something. In- <laughs> yeah. In D&D, you have, like, shields and stuff and everything. And oh, just... something comes into me. I have five... I will add five AC to myself by passing shield. Yeah, exactly. And it's just... It's 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 lovely, I think, to... I think it's you can definitely run horror for D&D and write horror for D&D, but you have to actually play with those parts of the mechanics and mm-hmm. subvert them in the sense for mm-hmm. example like great horror can come from a warlock's patron and yeah. you know just like the idea that we've talked about like corruption and the idea of like perversion before but that can also be um a fun thing to play around although while in coc it's perfectly accepted to tell your players oh, this is what you feel, this is what you think, and now you have mm-hmm. to roleplay accordingly because this is a new trait that you've gained. This is not something as easy to do in D&D because That's player true. agency mm-hmm. doesn't work the same. Mm-hmm. In um, the mechanics, it doesn't work the same. In the mechanics, it doesn't work the same. And in mm-hmm. the expectations as well, yeah. Um, but but there, there are, there, um, yeah. I will not come, uh, uh, I will, I will restrain myself <laughs> from compounding into this, uh, by saying how D&D cannot be horror, but there are, uh, there, there are ways that sometimes horror is not just mechanics. So horror is just not like how many kicks hits you can do to before, uh, something, someone, some monster dies or anything. Mm-hmm. But one of the recent games we play was you guys, uh, were, go into a town, uh, a city uh, that is fully corrupted by this evil entity, right? You don't necessarily know what even it is, it, but this thing has driven the inhabitants of the city into madness. And I will admit it, it was heavily infi- inspired by Bloodborne. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and in that game, it's a D&D game, and in that game, your character was actually nearly dragged away by one of the the crazed citizens you got a vaguli this bad thing that is wrapped around your head like alien facehugger style trying to turn you into a fucking flying head demon and you're being dragged away into a tome that moment was terrifying for everyone it was terrifying it was absolutely terrifying and i think it's just that for dnd the kind of horror you can get is a completely different kind of horror that you can get you you would expect from movies yeah. or books that, 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 that's know, how people put it. i think i think that moment worked so well because that moment was so anchored in powerlessness you know like powerlessness yeah. was everywhere in it it wasn't it was it was from the beginning with one character who was who was like compelled uh and we were trying to protect them 
and then moving from there to um not being able to see the creature and therefore my my spells were being completely useless and and then eventually being completely unconscious and and it, this entire moment was steeped in powerlessness and the stakes were higher because unlike most of the time in dungeons and dragons we didn't have a shit ton of resources to pull to put an end to this because we were really powerless in front of it and making it would sound like like succeeding would sound like the, the easiest thing to do for a dnd party ever but in this specific circumstances it's just it was so hard because all the odds were stacked against us and that's what was so efficient about it but that that, that uh and i will uh, at one point that i did i just like you said i did had pull a lot from my experience from running coc into this because yeah. I, I ignore cr i, I ignore yeah, cr in that moment challenge rating i completely ignore it i ignore cr in general <laughs> I just, I still, I still try to keep it a balance, but yeah, I ignore CR in the moment. I was just like, okay, I want you guys, one of you guys, to drop in two rounds. That's what I just had in mind. So, so I, so I completely ignore CR. It was, I, if I remember correctly, the deadliness of that encounter was like double than what the the threshold of the deadliness should be. I had to oh, go that far. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go that far to strike fear into your characters. <laughs> I mean, it worked. That, that's the thing about D&D. You can do D&D with horror, but it's not easy because you have to... The, 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 the game master has so much work to do in terms of mm -hmm. thinking for atmosphere, in terms of countering your enemy, your players. Just like Val said, I, I, I actually, it was a, it was a hack based enemy, right? So I, I, I used invisibility. I did not allow, I did not help with your checks. I, I just like, oh, if you want to do a fairy fire, you will not find it there. That's it, right? And, yeah. and, and the, mo the, the, the feeling of uselessness. And there was so much build up just before how of like in a, in a, in a, in a house, uh, uh, in a in a in a house where the doctor was making uh, extracting sensory organs uh, and flaying mm. people because he doesn't want anyone yeah. to feel the sensation he is he he he's feeling. I loved that idea, and honestly, I would have loved to see a whole adventure centered on it because it's like you you found a fear, and I'm like, okay, Jack, do something with it. This is an amazing fear. Hold on to it. I want to see more. <laughs> Which is why we, we, we're going to return to that town um, yeah. as its inhabitants later down the line uh, with different characters, much less lower level. But yeah, so so the, the so those, there was so much work that you have to put in as a dungeon master to make horror work for D&D. Yeah. Even then, even then, though, I think your your characters, your friends, your party members save you very easily. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? The the inherent well, I think fear. Also it's 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 you're going for heroes. What if you're going for characters that are deeply flawed, the same way we are used to making in COC? Everyone's driven by ambition or cowardice or selfishness, mm -hmm. and and in that sense, if I get hurt in COC, I don't know if I'll survive or if anyone will come to my aid because I'm a tiny bit scared of my other party members as well. <laughs> that, that that is a big big fear. I did not know. That. Oh wow! Oh, really? I didn't Are you know. Kidding? One of them's a fucking cannibal, Jack. Come on! Like, what did you expect? <laughs> that that is true. One of her party members is a cannibal. Yes, that's true. <laughs> a ritual I mean, it's, it's cannibal, just, but yeah. Yeah, I, I know it's 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 rituals and everything. But, but, still, he, he, but, but he 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 did eat people. He did eat he did. people. I know that, that the way we, we role play or I mean it's it's every game tells a different kind of story right I mean yeah. like masks is telling a coming-of-age story where you're learning mm -hmm. to be heroes D&D mm -hmm. is telling a heroic story in which most of the time again like this is like a rule of thumb this is absolutely yeah you like seek glory and, and and you power seek glory, adventure you seek adventure you seek to bring good and to help people 
And so yeah. the stories you're going to tell are going to be, to be angled towards that. CAC is is a story where you are flawed people who will go up against something they don't understand and the motives and the reason that they have to do that has to you know it's 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 no one is pure and i know there's going to be moments in coc where even mike carter as well-meaning as he can be mm-hmm. he's, he's a flawed person and he he has ambitions and he's there's a chance he might betray for it and he has before Mm-hmm. And the rest of the group is the same. All of us have our own um, ambitions and, and our own like ways to be dangerous. How with each other, not in the same way that D and D has. Um, it's a great dynamics. One one of uh, like but because now we're talking about how horror is horrible. <laughs> there is one hopeful way of thinking for me in terms of like how horror games are portrayed. We play Sleep Away as well, right? We play Sleep Away, which is inherently another horror game. We played uh, Call of Cthulhu for around 25 episodes so far. And in all of them, one thing that was very apparent for me was hope. You said that that, um, you, you you don't necessarily can count on your friends to save your life. Um, just because like they may not be able to do it, or even then they they may not do it at all if they uh so so but even then you still you guys still stuck together you guys still are trying to get to a point where you can stop this evil from happening uh or thwart this evil while chasing your own goals so there is hope in there and in, in sleep away as well our characters are trying to protect the children from this darkness mm-hmm. and 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 i think that's what makes horror great we've talked about this before in terms of like a world that is just fully grim dark and horrible is not going to worth saving it's it's not and i think um it's it's you have to give also you can't have tension without release yeah and, and you need to have moments where yeah you need to show that the world is worth saving people that are worth fighting for and um and it's super important but also not only that I okay. I see the opposite way as you probably because I'm a fucking monster, uh, but the way you see it is, is <laughs> no. I, let, let me explain my thought. The way you mm-hmm. see it is is you need to give them hope so they have something to fight for to show them that like the world is worth it to save. And okay, but my personal stance on it is like give them comfort. So you can betray their trust. Um, Hold on a light so that you know that the darkness is fucking terrifying. Exactly. It's just, it's all a game of contrast too. Mm. It's efficient to do that both in the sense that, yes, they will have something to fight for, but also because uh, you need to, this cycle of tension, of release, Mm -hmm. always, Mm -hmm. always, always feeds into each other. And Mm -hmm. on one hand you are showing them a light so they may know how dark the darkness is yes um you're also giving them comfort so that the moment they get comfortable with it you can 100 percent thwart it and use mm, it as a weapon against that them. is that is a fucking good point i i yeah i thought you were going to say it's sick sure like sick and that it's twisted and yes it is but it's also awesome i mean i I mean we i've done that you know yeah you have i know you have i've done that multiple times i'm just like oh you guys are happy now with a little boy and baby are you guys all happy you got a god you've become a godfather now uh right right, exactly the example i was thinking about (laughs) and the baby is like yeah he's being touched by the other side (laughs) so And, and and that that uh, actually I, I think that um okay I'm not sure whether that is the intention or me presenting it just nicely but I, I agree with you on that part because like when you give comfort when you give sweetness when you give this appreciation of life it means so much to take it away and it, as a as is, a good yeah. horror story you do need to at some point 
give them the risk of taking it away, you know? And, and to the degree of the comfort of your players, you actually take it away as well. Yeah. It's, and I think, I think, no, I think that's all I have to say about this. This is just like, this is the point. The point has been made. It's, this is, this is it. Like, this is, this is the whole podcast, guys. We're done with this now. We're going to go. <laughs> we've, we've made the point. Now the point is made and, and, and there is nothing that can distract me from that point ever again. But no, it's, it, it's really true. It's just, you have to give them mm -hmm. something to hang on to so that you can rip it away from their hands in the most brutal way there possibly can. I sound like a, <laughs> I, I, I know I'm growing a bit aware of how I sound right now. And I promise you I'm a decent person in life. Um, a sweet angel, but yes, <laughs> I, I have I, talked about I am that. an absolute sweet angel. I just channel all of the evil in me into this. In into the RPGs, yes. <laughs> Into the RPG. Um, so that I may be a good, nice dad to Jack all the rest of the time. Um, but... And the more you talk about this, the more you seem like a person, a, a crazy person who is ready to just blow up any seconds now, actually. <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> but no, no, I mean, for, for real, though, yeah, it's just, I, um, I, I think this is the main thing, you know, it's just... Mm -hmm. It's it's a never-ending cycle. It, it's um, it is it is. Yeah. But one 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 thing that I want to uh want also want to touch uh not just like a meta sense but right horror is good and it's amazing it's awesome it's good to go into it and but like gothic horror we're talking about before there are there are things because like when you go into uncomfortable feeling when you when you touch oh, upon yeah. the uncomfortableness of things. Yeah. There are so many things that you can do wrong. Yeah, horror is like definitely one of those uh, one of those genres and tones where you have to check in with your players. You mm -hmm. should always check with your players. That, that, not even when you're horror, not playing horror. You know, you, you should check yeah, in with them every you game. Always checking with your players, but this is one of the genres where you should check in even more yeah. with your players. Uh, I, I think getting, talking with them after the game is a, is a must, mm -hmm. at least to like, hey, that was a little bit dark, I guess, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, the, like, there's a scene with one of your, when your friend's character chopping a person up in the room and eating his flesh in a ritualistic prayer. And always like come to consciousness and just, wow. And, and yeah, it's it's really dark. But I think on one hand, we well, on one hand, all of us, all of us play together often enough that we know a bit what each other's boundaries are. And still we keep checking in. Kind yeah. of. Mm -hmm. um, the there's like, I remember a moment where like, there was something that was like, something we had never like talked about on um, like in, in session zero or in checking in and I, and, and I thought that we were going that direction and I texted you about it and it says that it was absolutely not the direction we were going and everything oh, was all yeah. and it was all fine mm -hmm. um but I still like texted be like oh yeah just a heads up we haven't talked about this before uh this is not the kind of like thing I'm interested in exploring and and that's fine you know and I think and we did that way, both ways right we yeah. did that both ways because like one time was for me uh, uh, just for context uh, in, mm -hmm. in the story there was a, a party of debauchery right uh, mm -hmm. and and uh, we we didn't want to touch upon the the perversionness of it too much I would say yeah I think it's like uh, although as a player in terms of horror I mm -hmm. really love the thought of mm -hmm. having agency taken away from you mm -hmm. in a way that. You know, like how magic can like corrupt you in this kind of thing. Yeah. And I love those dynamics. But we, we did have like a party of debauchery and I was like, Oh, by the way, we I don't think this is the direction we do where we're going, but in case it does happen, um this kind of dynamic happening in a sexual context is not something that I'm interested in exploring at all. Um and uh this was not the way we were heading either way, but you know, just to keep checking. Just keep each other. Um I think Ginny D uh has put it the best. Um I, I, uh the like 
the the trouble, you know, the trouble and the possible bad shit stemming from checking in with your friends. Like, oh, will they think I'm weird or, or am I overstepping? Is minimal compared to the amount of damage you can do from not checking yeah. in. Because uh, I, I really am still unthinkable for what you did for me for Curse of Strahd uh, game where uh, I, I, I think it was because like, because uh, I, I, uh, I, 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 I have a traumatic ch uh, childhood in a sense well, in regards to my um, mother. And I think we talk about it as, good, uh, as friends and we never actually, even the session zero, I was okay with it. I was like, oh yeah, we can do whatever the dark shit we want for Curse of Strahd, right? Mm -hmm. And then you were just like, hey, Jack, I remember you talking about this. Are you really okay with it? Because I'm going to run like this with these kind of themes that are maternally scary, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Maternally manipulative, scary things. And, and and that was really, I really appreciate you doing that for me. Uh, even though I was okay with fixing that, person who has my kind of background may not be, right? Yeah. And, it's, and, and, it's... and, and yeah. It, it's just like you have to for the game to keep being fun you just have to keep checking with people because yeah it can do a lot of damage and and horror is especially if if you're using horror in a way that just you know distorts very real fears in in that you know, like not, because cause fears that are experienced by heroes are not that interesting. Fears that are experienced by the players and can be, uh, you know, like transported into a hero setting is is are more interesting because, I mean, I don't know, I'm I as a person, I'm not scared of a mind flayer because I'm pretty sure I'll never encounter a mind flayer. But I as a person, I'm absolutely terrified of getting um locked and squeezed into a tight space and not being able to breathe and not being able to you know this it's i i think my yeah. irrational fear is being awake when i'm being done central surgery oh yeah that's that's a big one too yeah that is that is a big one for me yeah like, mm -hmm. you can feel all the freaking sensations do I have permission to use this against you? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but yes, uh, but yes. Uh, I, 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 again, uh, back to the topic of like safety for tables because mm -hmm. we all play TTRPGs for the sake of escapism and fun, and fear is fun and catharsis. Mm -hmm. Fear, horror is when indeed is fun catharsis. and cathartic. Yeah. But you need to do it right. Even with the right system, you still need to do it right. And one of the fundamentals I think that we both can agree on is that checking in regularly with your friends is a must. Mm -hmm. To remember that the people at the table are actual humans, <laughs> not just yeah. sheets of paper. And you really need to check. Behind that sheet of paper is your friend. And you still need to check in with them. Mm -hmm. And and players still need to check in with their DMs. Like, you know, you know if they're throwing so much dark shit at you, do ask, yeah, like, Yeah, because sometimes okay? the horror really comes from the players as well. I mean, like, let's go back to some cannibalism stuff. Like, yeah, it, sometimes the horror really comes from the players too, not just with the DM. And, and it's, it's, it's always good to keep checking. Always good to keep checking. It's not just always good to keep checking. I think it's actually a must, really. It's a must. Um, it's I like a the must. idea of like, you know, I mean, we, we talk about a lot about lines and veils, but I love the idea of highlights, you know, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, for, for anyone not familiar, lines, and it's just like hard lines we don't cross, just topics we're not at all interested in discussing. Mm -hmm. uh, veils is more like, we're okay with it existing, being part of another character's backstory or something like that. However, we don't actually want to see it like on screen. It's more like fade to black scenes. Like for example, like the sex. You know, like no one wants to actually describe this on on an RPG. Please no. <laughs> Please no. Uh, but for example, if we're okay with like characters, some, some people having... who actually do that, I, I'm still surprised with that. I I do not know. I mean, I'm not judging. You know, I just know it's not my thing. It's certainly not um, my thing. <laughs> it's yeah. weird. 
but you know it's just it's 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 just like so yeah veils is something you will just veil and you're like okay so maybe these two characters are having a lovely time but we will fade to black if anything happens this is not something we're interested in seeing but we're okay with the idea of it existing yeah um and highlights being stuff that you absolutely want to see because that's cool as fuck and everyone's like yeah. oh yeah i'm totally down to like i, I don't know i'm just like what, trying to think of something really brutal i'm like, totally down to have a, a freaking scary uh book compel me to do shit and, and drive me to uh, make me recite poems in real life and and then yeah. and lose my sanity over it and and actual sleep <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's I'm I'm I love it. I I get I dig it absolutely. Yeah, I mean actually like loss of agency in a horror context and powerlessness is super interesting to me, and that's definitely a highlight. Dude, uh, I want to challenge oh, you. Can conflict. you still recite the poem? Can you still recite the poem? Oh shit! Uh, the uh, you mean the not the preface, right? The song but of Pacosa. The, the song of Pacosa. Yeah, oh, the song shit. of all, Shifting Stars. I don't. Um, Along the shore, the cloud waves break. The twin suns sink behind the lake. Shadows lengthen in Carcosa. Uh, oh, strange as the nights where black moons rise, where strange no, where black stars rise, where strange moons circle through the skies. But stranger still is lost Carcosa. Songs that the Hyades shall sing, where flap tethers of the king shall dry no, shall die unheard, in dim Carcosa. Song of my soul, my voice is dead. Die thou unsung, as tears and shed shall dry and die in lost carcass. Are you right? I remember it. Oh my fucking god, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> this is the level of my obsession with your game. This is a novelty. Just, just, just for the listener, right? This is the novelty of when you can find what makes it ticks for your player by checking in regularly, you get to have these kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's so many moments where, the, well, there's a lot of things I know by heart. Well, we'll touch up on mystery another day, maybe. But... <laughs> yeah, actually, we are past the hour point. <laughs> we are. I feel like we are. I feel like we already can split this even to several parts. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and I will. I, I will. I will love. I will love to like um, end this, this on this high note of you reciting. Um, the modified version of the song of Kakosa that we have for our game. And, yeah, awesome. Uh, Let's just like end on the great note of how <laughs> obsessed I am with your game. Great, awesome. Yeah. Yes, uh, and this has been human behavior. <laughs> and anyone who is listening to on a late night uh, at twelve a.m. in the morning, sleep is for the week. Look, it's don't look under your bed. There will be darkness. There will be shadows reaching out. Yeah. Embrace them. And have a Your good night. The night light is only here to show you how dark the darkness is. Is that right? Oh, that is. You know what? We're going to have to make that into something later on. I, yeah. I think if, if we ever start making t-shirts, uh, that's going to be one of that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> light only exists so you can see how dark the dark darkness is. Oh, yeah. That's going to be scary. Mm, yeah. It's good. <laughs> Okay. All right. And with that, uh, we bid you good night. <laughs> Have a lovely night. Um, nightmare dreams. And uh, we'll see you later on. Thank you, guys. Embrace the darkness. <laughs>